How does Jesus serve as a priest? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. My name is Brian Dombozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Today, we are continuing really a three-part miniseries, if you want to think about it that way, of looking at Christ and his three roles of prophet, priest, and king. So last episode, we talked about Christ as prophet. In this one, we are going to talk about him as priest, and then, of course, Next episode, we will be talking about him as king. And so each of these we know is really important because they give us a different uh, lens to understand Jesus's ministry. If we just look at them from one of any of these three or even two of any of these three, we miss some really significant aspects to his purpose. And so this one, of course, is one that probably most people would think of readily. When you think, all right, what did Jesus do? These priestly functions we're going to talk about are probably the first most well-known, understandably. But again, we don't want to lose the idea of, of him as prophet, as we talked about last episode, or king next. They all work together. And I think we should say this. I don't think we said this last week, but Jesus is the only one who fulfills all three of these roles. He fulfills them each individually perfectly, mm-hmm. but he also fulfills all three of them, which is significant. Yeah, and that is that in itself is something that's really important, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get around to uh, because it connects to a, a gentleman named Melchizedek. Yes, it does. So, um, whoever that was, whoever hmm. he was, um, but uh, but he was he was certain he's certainly an important dude. I, and yeah, I'm I'm in the pre-incarnate Jesus camp. Really. Yeah. Okay. There we go. See, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm in the open-handed. Yeah. I can see that, or he could just be a well, type of. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't start Second Baptist Church of Pre-Incarnate Christ Melchizedek tomorrow. <laughs> but um, I, I would. That would be my starting point of if you pressed me. Well, you wouldn't have to press me hard. I just volunteered. Yeah. It. Yeah. You voluntarily <laughs> said it. I, I would. That's where I would start with. I, th- I think that's what's going on there. But at the same time. It, you, people can make a good argument uh, that he was just a type, um, as you were saying, just open-handed. We don't know. It's not mm-hmm. definite enough. Yeah. Yeah. So we will... Uh, so we'll, let's pull ourselves back, though, from a little bit of <laughs> theological nerdery and um, and get into explaining this doctrine. So uh, when we talk about Christ as priest, here is what we mean. As our great high priest, Jesus accomplishes the work of reconciling us to God. He is the one whose perfect righteousness is presented to the Father for our justification. He is the one who intercedes for us before the Father and prays for us to remain faithful. And so the, the big idea of Christ as prophet is really that he is... Uh, he is our intercessor. He is the perfect priest who interceded and continues to intercede on our behalf. And that language itself is really important because, yeah. and I mean, you heard in the definition, uh, it's calling back to the to the priestly ceremonial syst- system within uh, within the Israelite order of worship. Yeah, and, and we're going to focus more on this idea of intercession. And you think about what the priest did in the Old Testament. 
You could press this, though, even more and and point to Jesus being the greater priest, because not only was he, is he the greater intercessor, but he also, um, one of the roles of the priest was to offer sacrifice of animals on behalf of the people. Jesus was the sacrifice. Yeah. So he was a priest who didn't sacrifice animals that did not take away sins, as we read in Hebrews. He is the priest who sacrificed himself, the unblemished lamb, on behalf of his people. So you could press this into there, I think rightly so. But again, for our discussion today, we're going to kind of stay a little bit more with the intercessory nature of priesthood. Yeah, which is wise, because we're we're talking about Hebrews um, a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so... um, but speaking of Hebrews, um, let's uh, let's read a little bit of Hebrews now because we because again so much of our understanding of Christ as priest comes from this epistle. But we have to pause here and insert the gratuitous Hebrews joke. It's a coffee lover's favorite book in the Bible. Mm. Thank you, thank you for that. Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews, uh. as you were. I had to balance out the theological nerdery at the beginning. With a with a dad joke. Well done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think that helps the cause, Brian. All right. All right. So, um, so, like I said, Book of Hebrews is, and not just the coffee, uh, but the Book of Hebrews is where so much of this understanding of who Jesus is in this priestly function is unpacked and explained for us. And as a side note, and I've said this elsewhere on this podcast, other podcasts, everywhere that people will listen, um, Hebrews is the book that helps you love Leviticus. It is the book that makes it all make sense. So read Hebrews, then go back and read Leviticus and uh, rejoice. So (laughs) um, a couple of passages that we've got in Hebrews. Uh, uh, Hebrews 4.14, which is super on the nose because this is where we actually get the term great high priest applied to Jesus. Uh, It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. And so that, like I said, that is really important there. The author of Hebrews is directly saying Jesus is our high priest. And not only Jesus is our high priest, but Jesus, who is also the son of God. So you get two fun... You, you get a fun twofer there. <laughs> um, another one that we've got, though, is uh, Hebrews 7.25, which talks about his intercessory role um, and his eternal intercessory role yeah. at that. So uh, it says, uh, therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. So Jesus, as our priest... He is before the Father, continually interceding on our behalves. So he is representing us to God and reminding and bringing our prayers to him and um, speaking on our behalf and, um, and you know, um, basically bringing us in to, into right standing <laughs> yeah. through that. Uh, the the third one from Hebrews that we've got here is nine verse twenty is chapter nine verse twenty four and that says for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with hands only a model of the true one but into heaven itself 
so that he might appear, might now appear in the presence of God for us. And so those are the things that I was talking about there um, just a minute ago. Those are, this is Jesus as our high priest. And it's all steeped in this language of Old Testament worship and sacrifice. Yeah, and I think if we look into the Gospels, we see Jesus acting in this way. So Hebrews, you're right, Aaron, Hebrews is the most on-the-nose, best place for us to go to see evidence that the Bible pictures Jesus as the great high priest. But then we look in the Gospels and we see it happening. So Mm -hmm. two examples. The first is Luke 22, 31 through 32 where Jesus talks about praying for Peter, so interceding for him. This is where Simon has done one of his boneheaded moves, and um, Jesus was talking about his death upcoming, and and Simon, (laughs) with much bravado, says, no, that's not going to happen. May it never be. (laughs) May it never be. And Jesus, I can, in my mind's eye, just kind of see him putting his hand on his forehead, shaking it a little bit, saying, oh, Peter. Um, but this is what Jesus says to him, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. Very interesting. A lot of discussion about what that means. I have no clue. Jesus continues, verse 32, but I have prayed for you. There it is. That your faith may not fail and you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So again, we see that intercession, that sifting. It may have been pointing to when Jesus or when Peter denied Jesus three times, gave into that pressure not quite clear what that is, but what we see here again for our context today is this idea of Jesus praying. Another one, I won't read it just because it's it's long, but it's amazing, is John 17, which we often know as the high priestly prayer. This, of course, is be, this is right before the arrest. We remember the, uh, the the biblical accounts where Jesus celebrates the the, the Lord's Supper. He initiates initiates that with his disciples. Then they sing a hymn together, and then they go out, and they're heading out toward the garden to pray. Well, before they head out to pray, Jesus has this intercessory prayer on their behalf. And one of the things that's really amazing in this is you think about it, and I would encourage you to read John 17, uh, verses 1 through uh, 26, um, and you'll notice Jesus knew what was happening, and he prays for himself very little. Mm-hmm. He's praying for his disciples. He's anticipating what they're going to go through. It's just amazing. You see the heart of of Jesus here. And we know what was happening bothered him because when he gets to the garden, what is he doing? He's he's praying so strenuously that blood and water, you know, were were kind of sweating out of him. Um, And so we know this was, was heavy on him. But when you read this chapter, you see him just praying for his disciples and not just them, but for us. He prays. Um, in 20, I believe it is, I pray not only for these, meaning his, his inner disciples, his core disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their word. And you think about it, that extends to us because we are rooted all the way back there. Their, their efforts to start the early church, to share the gospel, carried over. And we are the great, 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 however many great grandchildren of them spiritually. So we have believed through their word. So Jesus prays for us here. And then what's interesting, just as a quick aside, not it, well, it is interesting, but it's important more than interesting, is Jesus prays for our unity. So 
you know, I know today it's not in vogue to be unified and compassionate and gracious and uh, think the best of others, especially if you're on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. But Jesus prayed for us to be united as the Holy Trinity is, is united. So we need to take this seriously, but that's, I'll get off my soapbox. That's a different story for a different time. Back to our context, we see Jesus interceding on behalf of his followers, which again, is that priestly function. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. I, I, this one is not really challenging, I don't think, to understand. It's, it's pretty fundamental. Yeah. J- Jesus prays for us. But are there any other concessions or cautions or ideas or anything we have to be aware of before we kind of talk about what difference this is and, and kind of wrap this episode up? Yeah. Well, I mean, we really do kind of have to go back to our, discuss- our earlier discussion about Melchizedek. Um, and so uh, in part because Hebrews, dis- when Hebrews calls Jesus our high priest, he doesn't put him in the same category of priest as Aaron and the and and the Levitical priesthood. He he's not a member of that priesthood. And that's yeah. important because as you trace the story of of um God's people through the Old Testament, um it's pretty clear that uh, that a Levite cannot be a king. And the king can also not be a levite and yet jesus is both so a king can be a prophet and a priest yeah. can be a prophet but can't be all three but can't be but cannot be all three of these things at the same time which is why which is why the author of hebrews goes back and says that he is a priest in the order of melchizedek yeah. and then he makes these connections about uh, Melchizedek having no beginning and and no end in scripture. He just shows up and then yep. he's gone. Um, and he's mentioned in Psalms one time, I believe. Just a quick mention in Psalms, and then that's it. Genesis, yeah. that one Psalm, Hebrews. Yep. And so he's a very mysterious figure. So whomever and this I, dude is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love whoever is the author of Hebrews. I love the logic he brings to bear. Because his argument, again, one of the, mm-hmm. the thesis of, of, he, of the book of Hebrews is Jesus is greater. He's superior. And yeah. so, you know, the writer puts everything under the microscope, the old, old covenant, the, the sacrificial system, the temple, the law. And when he gets to the priest, he uses this argument. He says, well, wait a minute. If Jesus is of Melchizedek and Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, the lesser ties to the greater. So Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. And the priesthood was in the loins, if you will, of Abraham. They were his descendants. Mm-hmm. So by logic, Jesus then is greater than the priesthood. It's just a brilliant argument. Yeah, for love. yeah. And and that's and that's really the that's really the big thing. There is is we have to understand that in order to make in order to understand what is going on with these three offices that these three offices and three functions that Jesus. Um, that Jesus has and holds. Yeah. All right, so what difference this doctrine should make? I'll just kind of mention these quickly because, again, this is... I don't want to make light of it, of course, or downplay it. This is so important, but it's pretty on the nose. So the first one is this just should give us great encouragement and joy knowing that Christ is interceding for us, especially in the times where we are struggling to pray Maybe we're going through a season where our prayer life is dried up and, and we're, we're having trouble talking to God or uh, we don't know what to say, or maybe we're disengaged for some reason. We're not feeling close with God. And to know that Jesus is continually interceding for us is 
great encouragement, joy. The other things is, again, as we talk about Jesus not only interceding on our behalf, but being that sacrifice, it's a reminder of our very salvation hinges on him. Um, Again, unlike the priest who sacrificed something else, these animals, Jesus sacrificed himself for us. So again, it, it couples there with that joy of knowing what Christ has done for us. So mm-hmm. I think unless there's anything else we can think of that, that we haven't really mentioned here, I, I think that's a good place to wrap this episode up. I would agree. Uh, I, well, there. Now let's do it then. We're in agreement. We have a quorum. So moved. So I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 